So the philosophy we've got about uh, exporting our, our butter into different countries is that if they have cows, we make the butter there. And if they don't have cows, we, we export the butter. This is, this is quite an experience for us to be able to create a product and to be able to go out in the store and see, um, see the product on the shelf and say that's where the, that's where the butter's going to. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Connecting with local farmers and producers is at the heart of great artisan food products. But what if you had the chance to make those connections with farmers in another country, utilising their produce and create a local version of your product in another country? Today I'm joined by Pepe Sayer and... Mervyn King from Gap View Farm in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, USA. Peppy, Mervyn, how are you going? G'day. Good. Yeah, we're doing well. You've both embarked on an incredibly interesting journey. Peppy, do you want to just tell us about how that started? Well, um, we've, uh, for a while, we've been looking for um, uh, producing our butter overseas. So the philosophy we've got about uh, exporting our our butter into different countries is that if they have cows, we make the butter there. And if they don't have cows, we, we export the butter. So for example, Dubai has no cows, we send the butter. But when it came to America, we have quite a large uh, demand on our product, a lot of inquiries, and we, we're already shipping over there. And uh, we found that, well, America has cows, you know, so why are we sending why are we sending cream halfway around the world when they just want really the Pepe Sayer, you know, the, the way we make it, the artisan product we make, and surely we can find some beautiful cream in, in America. So we, uh, we were lucky enough to connect uh, through Brother Daniel to, to the uh, Mervyn King uh, and, you know, uh, go from there. Mervyn, what was it like for you uh, getting in t- contact with Pepe and and sort of thinking about this concept? Yeah, well, it was a humbling experience. It was a great experience. And it was uh, a good experience to meet somebody as humble as Pepe Sire from, you know, halfway around the world. You know, that was a once-a-lifetime experience if I you know it was uh, it was worthwhile we enjoyed it Peppy tell us about that first interaction for you and you know what well uh, what's interesting I guess is that uh, I, I've never met Amish people before so or the Amish community before so uh, the the experience for me was uh, extremely humbling I must say because we we once we connected um, uh, with Mervyn King and his community and his family and the Schmuckers and 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 the 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 large community they have of Amish um, in Pennsylvania, uh, I I went over there not really knowing what I mean for me the Amish community was people okay they don't use electricity they they don't have television uh, they're a closed society. The, this is what I know of them, right? So all these, uh, you know, things you bring, you hear, and you 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 don't really know what to expect. Um, but getting over there and and meeting uh, Mervyn King, I met Mervyn on the first night I was there, 
and uh, we sat on, on a in in um, brother David Schmucker's house, and we had shoe fly pie, and then I was presenting what the concept was of what we wanted to do with in the Amish community with the Amish with brother Daniel. You know, so it's um, it was it was very at at the start it was like how are we going to do this. And then once I'm, I met these lovely people and uh, there's no other way of describing them. They're, they're incredible people that have a lot of time for you. And, um, and uh, it, it was just an awakening really to, to meet such beautiful people and, and see that how much we actually have in common. Mervyn, tell us a little bit about uh, the county that you're in and what's great about it for um, for cattle and tell us a bit about the farm okay <clears throat> uh, so the uh, the farmland is slightly rolling it's uh, probably in agriculture I don't know how many square miles we would have in Lancaster County but uh, it's what they call the garden spot of the world great soils and there's there's good soils around in other parts but it's a very productive area in the United States and we just happen to live in the county and I grew up in the county um, I've been li living here all my life I grew up on the farm and just love every minute of it Pepe, you've been there. Des describe the county to you, and you're not unfamiliar with incredible landscapes and in Australia, but what's it like for you? Oh, it was absolutely lush. So the grass was so green, and they're feeding so many different varieties of grass to, to the cows. Uh, the, the way the... I've, I've never really seen, uh, in my experience, people just talking to their animals, and the animals just listen to them and they do what they want from just talking to them so that was uh, it was really something for me to watch that um and uh the milk the flavor of the milk really is is intense it's very beautiful uh i mean we we drank mostly drank raw milk and and tried a lot of the products and and we made the butter there so the the butter was absolutely beautiful um the it's it's very lush it's green it's very very green i mean i was there during the autumn so i was there sorry in in fall so we got to experience fall in lancaster county which was beautiful all the but it was very lush and green peppy for you why is it so appealing and special to make your butter with mervyn and his community i i think for us it's always been about the cream it's been about the provenance of where the cream from the tohua where what the soil is what they're feeding the cattle how they look after the cattle um and that all translates into the product that you're making into into the butter so if you can get that uh, that raw product so beautiful uh and it's full of goodness because of the people that are looking after the land that are feeding the cows that are treating it so well you will inevitably have such beautiful butter after you churn, after you culture, because then we have our own process, obviously, that we think is beautiful that goes into making the final product. So I think for us, that is the, you know, it's very important. The people that are involved are the number one. Um, it, we put most importance on that. You know, they're number one, the people first.
Peppy, we've talked a few times and you've emphasised the real importance of the milk, you know, uh, to make great butter. How different is the milk that compared to what you use in Australia? Oh, look, the milk we use in Australia, as you know, is beautiful, but it's got its own flavour and its own um, sort of a texture to it when we make the butter. So, Every time you go, whether you go to France or America, anywhere you go, you're going to have a different uh, flavor, different texture, depending on, uh, I think the feed has, is going to contribute most of all to uh, the end product. And one of the worries that we had with America is, is the yellowness of the butter. And my research over time has shown that, you know, some of the, the Amish communities, because they feed um, grass and their small farms, you know, 50, 60, 100 head, they tend to be able to feed really well. You know, they have a good system in place to, to, um, to keep feeding the cows the green grass. Mervyn, tell us a little bit of, about the history of, of the farm and, and what you're growing there. Okay. Um, so, we purchased a farm in 1998 and have been farming there for like 23 years. Uh, we grow uh, alfalfa. We sow about 10 different varieties of grass. We put clover and a few other like plantanium and some biological plants to um, to bring the goodness you know to the soil and to create a good organic matter in the soil which is very important to us. So we do corn, alfalfa, a little bit of tobacco. And primarily, uh, we're switching to more and more grass to do like what Pepe was saying, to create a more uh, unique butter, something that you can't find in the supermarkets. And that's um, we find that it's very important to practice organic organic um, practices and create a healthier biological soil which in turn uh, gives us a higher quality product <laughs> Mervyn what's a typical day on the farm like for you well the alarm clock goes off at 4.45 4.30 and uh, we try to get up and uh, get our two feet on the ground Two eyes open and drink a little bit of coffee and, and head for the cows. <laughs> uh, so we milk the cows, we eat breakfast with the family and they go off to school and we eat lunch at noontime. So we're busy doing work in the fields, taking care of the animals and come back and milk the cows again at five o'clock and sometimes work as late as eight or nine, sometimes as early as seven, so... It gives you a rough estimate of what our day is like. I'm fascinated about the butter making process because, Pepe, you have your technique with your renowned butter that you have, and the Amish community is renowned for growing and making their own things as well. Uh, are there differences and adjustments in the butter making process that you're making on this project? Absolutely. So the the head butter maker, Daniel Lapp, brother Daniel Lapp, that we've got in uh, Lancaster County. We, I've spent a bit of time with him while I was over there. 
uh, as the they're not used to the idea of cultured butter and cultured butter when you culture the cream before you churn it, uh, the fat's changing uh, from a saturated to an unsaturated. So the butter is much softer and it retains a lot more water. So it's much harder to get the water out. Um, we obviously um, use, uh, you know, salt flakes. Uh, we salt after we make the butter, like after the butter is completely finished. And then uh, I think the one thing that we have in common with their butter making is that we pack by hand. So that, that is something we don't have to change. It's just the shape that we'll be packing into. But the butter making process as in at, like at an elementary level um, is is the same way you churn, but the the cream will react differently because it's been cultured. So if that if that explains it. So and they're not used to that part. And the product, are we will it be a difference? You know, quite a different product. Obviously, the milk is different, and it'll create a different butter. But as a result of this, will there be quite a different product to what we see in Australia? No, it'll be essentially it'll be Pepisaya cultured butter that you find in Australia, but it will have a slight difference in flavour. Now, those that uh, eat, say, those that eat Pepisaya butter uh, every day, they will see the differences even in the Australian butter we make from season to season based on what the cows are eating, uh, like summer, spring, autumn, winter. It's just it's a different flavour altogether. Uh, so in America, I think we're going to find that there's a difference in flavor because of what the cows are eating uh, and the environment that the cows are in. Um, and also from season to season, which I'm sure Brother Mervyn will, will be able to tell us that the seed changes, therefore the flavor of the milk will change as well. The, the density of the fat in the milk will change. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And we celebrate those things. So those are things I love about the butter we make that, we're not trying to standardise anything, just keep it natural. Mervyn, how does that feed change through the seasons and, and what impact does it have on the milk? Well, for one thing, in the summertime, it's a higher humidity. And so the temperature affects the cow's body heat and therefore they might drink more water. And at the same time, they're doing uh, grass pasture base that's probably a little stressed because of the high immunity conditions so everything together uh, creates a different ration than it does in the spring and the fall so the spring and fall the weather is very pleasant and ideal for cows and it also promotes the uh, like a cool season grass which is um a very nutritionist grass. It's not the uh, not the tall legumes or fescues. It's a cool, cool season grass. It's more, more nutritionist, and it does create a, a different taste in, in the milk. And then as we move into winter time, obviously the grass isn't growing. We get as cold as you know zero degrees up to maybe thirty to forty degrees. So nothing is growing outside, and therefore we need to feed stored feeds. And that creates a completely different tasting milk as well. Although through some practices, we'll be able to to feed quite a bit of um, high, moist, high moisture hay, which is stored. And you know, even though it's stored, 
it does help with um, with some some uh, retaining you know some of the yellow collar depending on the diet. Pepe, you've worked with lots of different producers and created this amazing product that's changed and changes with the season. But you know, what's what have you learned and what's changed you about um, this project with uh, with Mervin? Uh, I think I think that like for us when we were talking when we were talking about the US and talking about how we're going to approach the US market, uh, you know, we have to go to if there's cows we we make it there. Um, I think it was all just a fantasy at the start because we were we were worried about well how how do we start where do we go where do we start this thing and how do we find the right type of cream. So. Um, Knowing, like, after meeting, you know, uh, Mervyn and the Amish community in Pennsylvania, everything's just turned on its head, right? Because, because first of all, you've got uh, this beautiful uh, cream, this beautiful milk that is, I mean, anyone listening to this that's into dairy and, and, is, and, is, and is into grass-fed, anyone listening to this, this is stuff wet trees are made of, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, because, totally. because you know, you heard Mervin. I mean, he could have gone on for an hour, and I was like, "Oh my god, what? Oh my god!" Every every thing he said was like he was just wow. Where where did he learn this? So, um, once you once you see the quality of the cream, the quality of that milk, the 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 husbandry that I saw on those farms, it's like. At the possibilities just opened up because then you're going, okay, well, no, this is something we can do. And then you've got Brother Daniel supporting us, you know, with the with the creamery and 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 making sure, you know, we we have the right amount of staff and and trained, you know, people that we need because we were training a lot of people over there. It it sort of all comes together. You think, wow, this this can really happen because. You got to remember. I mean, we're we're just a small company, right? With, you know, with a lot of pie in the sky ideas that we think, you know. But then the people are what make it. Like the 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 guys on the other side have to see what we see, and and I think that's what we felt when we met Brother Mervin and Brother Daniel and the whole community. We felt that oh, they get it. They just get it. Pepper, you export butter to all sorts of places, including sort of central market in, in Texas. Um, is, is the market in America a little bit different to Australia for um, quality artisan butter like yours? Look, I think it's a very different market. So when we looked at the market as a whole, we thought, ah, oh, you know, here in Australia, we do like, you know, 80% food service, horica, 20% retail online. We think America is going to be the total opposite of that. We think uh, retail is going to be huge, 80%. Like, we we move so much of our Aussie cultured, Pepisea cultured butter at central markets, and, and they've only got 10 stores in Texas, and we think, wow, look at the amount we move at this price point. Like, if we can make it there, bring those costs down because of distribution and, and shipping, because you've got a lot of logistical problems right so if we can do that and and bring in a real premium product into the market you know that there is you know there is no limit to what we could do and and if we have people that believe in 
you know, artisan and making beautiful products foremost before dollars. So what comes first, you know, beautiful product, then worry about the money later, then we're winning because, you know, we've already got a really good blueprint of what the business plan needs to be. Now we just need, uh, we need to, to that passion that we saw in Lancaster County with brother Daniel and brother Mervyn and brother David, we just saw pure passion for products and, and their animals and their, and their cream. And, and that's what's going to make this product beautiful. Yeah. And just on Lancaster County, um, Pepe, tell us about some of the unique and special experiences that you've had there. Well, I've never been to an Amish community before and I know they don't like me saying this and the only Amish experience I've ever had was witness the movie. So, like, I, I didn't know what I was in for, but I arrived in Lancaster County and it's all beautiful farmland. And then we had uh, the horse and buggy come and pick us up from the hotel and take us into the, the Amish community. And it is really wow. The farms are so well looked after. They're picturesque, like really are picturesque. And you just can't get enough. You're just there day after day. You're looking at this and going, this is not real. So my experience with Lancaster County was that. And, and I went, you know, I went from, from Texas, from say Dallas to Portland, Maine, to Cleveland, to New York. But when you come into Lancaster County, you're coming into another world, like into the Amish community. I'm sure there's other Amish communities around uh, America. I haven't been to them, so I couldn't say what they're like. But my experience with Lancaster County was like, whoa, this is incredible. It is a paradise. Well, uh, it's quite a, an incredible connection that you guys have made. What are the plans going forward? Uh, the plans are well. We've got to we've got to finish setting up the uh, creamery with all the um, tools that we need to make the the butter. Um, Brother Daniel's already got the churn. We've we've made the molds here in Australia that we use to hand pack the butter. Uh, we've got the salting machine still to come. Uh, then um, it's all about just getting all the back end things done. You know, you got to set up your company. You got there's so much stuff you got to do. Um, you know, to and then we've got to get the cream right, and then we've got to start trials. So the trials start. Well, we've already made our first batch, and that went really, really well. You'll have to ask Mervyn what he thought of it, but it went well. And then. And then the next step is now to, to, I believe in January, we get over and, and around the end of January, we, we get over and we start making lots of batches and they're mainly for the community. Mervyn, tell us about that first batch and, and your thoughts on it. It was great. <laughs> I never tasted a butter that had uh, such a good aftertaste. It was just a little bit of, a, a little bit of a tang to the taste and it was excellent. And uh, like my wife, and she had her sisters over at the house, and she got them to taste the butter, and they could hardly keep their hands out of it after that. So. <laughs> Many people experience the same thing here in Australia with the butter. Um, Peppy, you've already experienced and seen your butter on the shelves in the U in the US, but how's it going to feel when there's local, locally produced and made butter? Uh, on the shelves there? Look, it, it's going to be fairly surreal for us because 
I mean, you know our philosophy. It's all about, you know, here's where the cream's from. We don't, we don't like the idea of sending butter to a place that already has cows and milk there. Like, I, I, I believe that's quite unsustainable. Now, the connection we have with America now is about trialing the market, which we, we sort of, we're happy to do that. And now that we know the market, there is a market for our product, we, we have to make it there. And, and when that, I, I reckon I'll cry when I see that butter on the shelf. There's no doubt. There's no question. And, and to, to, but for me, it's about the amount of in, uh, integrity that is going into making this. It's, it's huge. And, you know, um, what can I say? It's just like there's no words to describe that. Mervyn, what's, what's the experience been like for you and what will it be like for you producing uh, this butter that's with an Australian company that will be uh, on the market in the US? Well, I was born uh, and raised on the farm. So we were producing milk and it was going on the, on the conventional market and it's all we, we knew. And it, this is this is quite an experience for us to be able to create a product and to be able to go out in the store and see um, see the product on the shelf and say that's where the that's where the butter's going to. Well, it's a it's an amazing thing that you guys are doing, uh, Mervyn. What do you love about what you do? Well, it's it's an opportunity to be working with the family. It's, it's an opportunity to be working with great people like uh, Brother Daniel and Brother Daniel Lapp and Peppy Sire. Um, I like the idea of doing this because we know it's a good product and we we believe that the consumers deserve to have a good product. And uh, direct relationship with the customers is, is a worthwhile experience. Well, very much looking forward to seeing uh, what comes to market uh, early next year, um, Peppy and Marvin. Good luck with everything, and um, it's an absolute honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds today. Merci and freely for midai shaf of Peppy Sire. Thank you for having us here, and thank you for me last schwätzen mit dich. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, folks. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.